Hey friend, welcome to the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast. I'm Mike McCurry, your host. I'm going to ask you, if you would, to go to the book of Mark, chapter number four, if you can. If not, I'll read the verses that are our text for today in just a moment. Before I do so, let me tell you about a gospel tract. I've got one in my hand right here called A Would-Be Suicide. I want to share just the first paragraph or so of this gospel tract. It says this, He had already written the goodbye notes to loved ones. Luther Cook planned to end his life that night. As he sat in a New York cafe sipping a cup of coffee, he scarcely noticed a teenage girl sharing his table until he was startled to see her bow her head and thank God for the food. He thought of his childhood days when his Godly parents took him to church faithfully, and they even had family devotions. He goes on to tell Luther's story about how he was a successful symphony musician and how he began to be consumed by addiction. He realized he could not continue in this way. He thought it would be best if he ended it all. Luther Cook, because of that young girl and a question she asked him, I'm not going to share it right now, But a question she asked him gave him pause and ended up changing his eternal destiny because of a decision he made. I'd encourage you, if you would, go to BibleTracksInc.org and order some of these gospel tracts. We give them away for free. We've given out over three, we've printed over three million gospel tracts. I think it's almost three and a half now, but over three million gospel tracts so far this year. And we don't plan on slowing down. I'd love for you to go to BibleTracksInc.org and order some gospel tracks for yourself today. We're in the book of Mark, chapter number four. I'm going to encourage you today, depend on who he is. We're talking about Jesus, of course. Depend on who he is. Look at verse number four of chapter, I'm sorry, verse number 34 of chapter four. We'll read down through verse number 36. But without a parable spake he not unto them. And when they were alone, he expounded all things to his disciples. And the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. We see here... And we know that Jesus is willing and more than able to accompany you in every path of life. We would be wise to go where he wants us to go, to be who he wants us to be. But even in our deepest, darkest hour, mistakes of our own making, he will find us there. That old song, when the Savior reached down for me. I hope there was a day like Luther Cook that you came to know Christ as your Savior But I encourage you to to depend on who he is. Realize he is not going to change, though, for anyone. Jesus Christ does not uh, change who he is to fit your own personal philosophy, your own theology, to make himself more palatable to you. No, friend, Hebrews 13, verse number 8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. There is a lesson that I think we can learn here about trying to change Christ to suit you. But I think more than that, there's a promise here. 
the same as he was God. Think about this. The same God that stepped into that little boat and accompanied those disciples across the raging waters of the Sea of Galilee is the same God that, if we can continue the figurative speech, is the same God that wants to step into the little boat that you call your life and help you through the difficulties that you're dealing with, even as he was that same God. Now, though, we come to the scary part of this account. Look at Mark chapter 4, verse 37, the very next verse. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. The situation here is dire. I want to draw your attention to the fact that the presence of God in that boat did not preclude them from going into a difficult and dangerous situation. Just because you are on the Lord's side does not mean that God is going to keep every problem at bay. Don't buy into this false prosperity gospel, name it, claim it type stuff where charlatans will tell you that for five easy payments of $19.95, I'll send you a special prayer rug. And, and if you pray with that prayer or, or you name it, whatever the nonsense is, and God will wipe away all your problems, you'll never have an issue of life. No, friend. Real life, the Christian life, there are difficulties. And friend, let me tell you this bluntly, if I ever try to, sh to sell you a prayer shawl or something like that for whatever the price may be with inflation in years, it may be uh, 500 easy payments of 1995, I don't know. But if I ever try to do something like that and tell you I've got some holy water from the Holy Land, and if you just sprinkle that on your bed and all your problems go away, no, friend, absolutely not. That's not biblical. But you know... We want the easy button, don't we? We want the easy way out. We wish it was that easy. But you know the amazing thing about the hard times of life? He goes with you, into them, through them. He didn't abandon these disciples. He was right there with them. And he doesn't abandon you, my friend. Realize these were deft fishermen. These were good Fishermen. These men had been on boats most of their lives. They knew what they were doing. I, I'm no expert on the water, truly. I'm one of those guys, I, I can swim, but I make sure I still put on my life jacket. I've heard it said that you can't swim well when you're unconscious. And so if you ever knocked your head and fell overboard, you'd want that life jacket on, right? Well, either way, that's about all I know about the water. I'm not a good fisherman. I'm not a good boatman. I'm not a good sailor. I, I know enough to put a hat on so I don't get absolutely baked out there on the lake. But I'm not the type of guy that's going to be out every Saturday on the boat. I don't know what I'm doing. But these guys, these disciples that we see in Mark chapter 4, this was their area of expertise. You know, some people, uh, they get their ego tied up in things they're good at. You know, a, a construction worker, a builder, when uh, there's a building project going on, they, uh, they want to make sure everyone knows they know what they're doing. If you're a photographer and there's a camera around, some people, oh, I know exactly what it is. I, I wonder why he's not using that lens instead of that one. That's a little inferior. And I always have an opinion on it. And honestly, we can all be the same way. You pick your thing. If you know baking, you know cooking, you know, you, you name it. A lot of times we can get our ego tied up into it. I wonder how long those disciples had their ego tied up in the fact that 
Ain't no way I'm waking up Jesus to, to, to deliver us from this issue. I, I've dealt with storms worse than this when I, was a, when I was just a boy. I know what I'm doing. This Sea of Galilee, I know it like the back of my hand. Pretty soon they came to the end of themselves, didn't they? I mean, realize Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, and Andrew's brother casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. You know, the distance to the other side was only about six miles or so. Not that far. They'd spent their lives, made a livelihood on, this exact, on these exact waters they were crossing. They knew every nook and cranny, or so they thought. And yet they finally came to a place where they knew the jig was up. Water was coming in faster than, than they could get it out. That wind was so boisterous, they thought they were going to die. And finally, they turned to Jesus. And what's he doing? He's dreaming. Mark chapter 4, verse number 38. The next verse. And he, Jesus, was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? You know, I've been camping a little bit. I'm not much of a better camper than I'm a fisherman, but I was out with my dad, if I recall. I think it was a father-son camp when I was a teenager, and the tent started leaking. It just leaked and landed on my sleeping bag and rolled off. And landed on the sleeping bag and rolled off all night. It was, it was pitter-patter. I, I enjoyed sleeping with rain and thunder and all that type of stuff. It didn't bother me. I slept through it, actually. But I woke up in a massive wet puddle because it kept hitting a sleeping bag and it was kind of water wicking or it, 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 it uh, did well with the water, but it didn't do so well when the water had soaked the ground all around me and then did start soaking into that sleeping bag. I woke up early, early in the morning thinking, what in the world? And it was pretty cold that morning. You know, I can sleep through a lot. Jesus apparently could too. But they turn to him and they shake him. He was sleeping so peacefully, wasn't he? In this horrible circumstance that scares these fishermen, these professionals so much, Jesus had a special kind of peace, didn't he? 1 John chapter 4, 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect. In love. Jesus was sleeping on a boat with water sloshing all around. I've got to wonder if a large part of that is due to the fact that he had perfect peace. We'll end with this today. They dared to question his love. They awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Have you ever looked up at God and said, Do you even love me? anymore? I sure hope not. What a, what a dangerous thing to even consider. Hebrews 13.5, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Can you imagine what Jesus was thinking as he was woken up to those disciples asking, do you love us? Master, carest thou not that we perish? What a thought. If I had been Jesus, I never will be, never could be. I'm a bad typecast for Jesus. 
But if I had woken up as Jesus, I would have said, what are you talking about? I literally came to earth to die for you. That's why I'm here. A brutal death will be my earthly end to a degree before I'm buried. I will be dead for three days. I'm going to do all of that. Be whipped, have a crown of thorns, have a spear shoved into my side. I'm going to die on a cross with nails in my hands. And you're asking me if I care for you or not. Well, it's not too dissimilar to what he should be thinking what he could be thinking when we ask him, do you even love us? Of course he does, friend. Please don't make the mistake of questioning his love. As always, my prayer is that you have a great day for his glory. I'm so thankful for the opportunity to speak to you today. We are going to, Lord willing, conclude this thought in chapter four tomorrow on the broadcast. Thank you so much for listening. Join us as we conclude the week tomorrow. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 130 Dwight, Illinois 60420. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.